Good morning. Welcome to Humanity Meets Business, Business Therapy with Christine Savo. Today I have such an exciting guest. He's a repeat guest from a while ago. And if you haven't catched this past episode, I highly, highly recommend it. So Joshua Winner is back. He is a veteran, an entrepreneur, and an acknowledged leader in the field of leadership and resiliency. He helps people navigate the messy parts of life. By the end of this episode, listeners will learn how to navigate grief and trauma through a technique you created, but also really working on the three tiers of, of resiliency that he has worked with, um, with many of his private men's groups and other events that he has done. So Joshua, welcome back. So happy to have you. Hey, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Always fun to hang out with you. Yeah. So a lot has happened since we since we met last time. So just to kind of recap kind of the the you know, the takeaway from our last episode was a technique you called CPR. And if you wouldn't mind just briefly kind of re-explaining that before we go into the three tiers of resiliency. Sure, yeah, uh, CPR, the reason you would use CPR is typically you need to resuscitate somebody. So think of somebody's like, almost think of like unconscious. And so that's when you would typically use traditional CPR to resuscitate somebody to bring them back. So. Uh, the metaphor that I use CPR for is emotionally. When somebody moves into the part of their brain, which is the back of their brain called the reptilian part of the brain, um, they move into a reactive state or a fight, flight, freeze in a peace state. And we meet when we're in that part of our brain, we're literally in reaction. We lose access to executive functioning, compassion, empathy. And it's almost like we revert into little adolescent children. And so um, our brain is trying to protect us and to get away. So when we become the C stands for consciously aware that we're in that reactive state. That's the C in CPR. We want to recognize first, if we're there, we're offline. Like literally, like I, I use this example, like it happens a lot in families, probably daily. Like the fight about the dishes is not about the dishes. Somebody's in an activated place and they're offline. And so instead of getting in a fight, you can literally go, oh, conscious awareness, see somebody's in an activated place. The P stands for pause, stop, um, and the C and the R stands for regulate, and the the R is regulate your nervous system, so you can come back online. When you come back online, you get access to compassion, empathy, and executive functioning. Meaning, uh, in that same scenario, let's say you walk in the door, and let's say your spouse, instead of saying hello, is obsessively cleaning, or you feel ignoring you. Instead of getting upset and moving into fight or conflict or avoidance, or again, that fight, flight, freeze, or peace, you could stop, regulate, which we're going to get into a regulation strategy in a moment. And then once you're regulated, you could say, oh, I have compassion. I have empathy. What else could be going on? Oh, they could be in an activated place. And maybe you walk up to your spouse and say, hey, looks like you had a tough day. Do you need to talk about it? Mm -hmm. And if you use that, it's going to go in a totally different trajectory than if you start to react with your fight, flight, freeze, and a peace. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I can, I can second and third that. Um, so now moving into, so thank you for that recap, because I think that's so important. And, you know, if you've listened to that episode, great, you know, you probably needed a refresher. And if you haven't, that's an excellent tool just to start with. We all get activated. It happens to the best of us. You know, I even, I literally had a situation today where I was like, man, I lost my temper and it's, it's actually kind of hard to get me there. It's, and I'm proud of that, right? Like it takes a lot, but I finally hit a wall and it was like, all right, here you go. <laughs> and, and then I was like, and eh, maybe I went too far. So, so, 
you know, half of the CPR method is just avoiding um, the future issues that you're going to have to clean up later, right? So if you're not so mindful of your partner's state or what's going on and you're reactive, you're more likely to have more problems because of that, that had nothing related to it, rather than just nipping and going, can I be attentive to you? So thanks for that redirection. I love that. And I don't think there's anybody that can't benefit from hearing that probably every single day. Yeah, I would 100% agree. And once you <laughs> learn it, you realize this is all day, every day, you know, social media, spouses, children, uh, at work, it happens all over the place. So use it. I highly recommend use the tool. if you're listening. Yeah. So today, you know, we kind of talked about what you wanted to really discuss next, which is kind of like this next level here. So you talked about the three tiers of resiliency. Um, I'm not familiar with this model. So as, as you're telling the audience, you're also educating me, which I love. That's one of my favorite parts of doing this show. So wherever you would like to start, let's kind of start talking about resiliency and why it's important yeah. and all the things. Yeah. So a lot of times when we're training fire departments or police departments or military, this is just a a process under resiliency that we've created under uh, Valor. And so there's three components of resiliency. The first component is reintegration. And I'll put it into context. A lot of times we get ready to go to work, let's call it. And some people have to put the armor on if you're a therapist or if you're a doctor or a firefighter or a police officer, or there's a lot of careers, a teacher, a counselor. There's a lot of roles where you have to put some armor on to go to work. And so you are getting ready, putting the armor on, going to work. However, a lot of times we never take the armor off to come home again. Mm. So you have to be highly aware that if the armor's on and you're taking on emotional debris or you're taking on conflict or you're taking on, you know, you have to put armor on to do your job, really important that you take the armor off because if you don't take the armor off, um, that's where a lot of the problems happen at home because you can't feel emotionally if you're disconnected all your relationships, your family, your spouse, your community, your own connection to yourself happens underneath the armor. So if you can't take the armor off, you can't reintegrate back home. Um, you can't actually get into those emotional states. So first thing is reintegration. Make sure that if you reintegrate to work, that you have a reintegration process to come home again. So give me, give break that down even more for me. So, um, and in a minute here, I'm going to actually have you define resiliency because these are these are words like if you're in the community and you're a healer, like you're going to understand what this means. But that doesn't necessarily mean we have a blanket kind of definition or even your definition. But taking the armor off, how would you go about that? Like, how would someone know that they don't take it off? Number one. And number two, what are some ways they can? Yeah, great practice. And I'm actually going to get into that when we talk about the next two, which is oh, got it. <laughs> okay. and, and, and regulation, but it's, it's just important to note because a lot of people just like, I'll give you another metaphor, which I think will help you ground that. Think about it. If you've been, you know, like when you're working with people are working with chemicals and they're in those big chem suits, imagine if they don't take the chem suit off, typically they walk into a room, they blow down the chem suit, right? They suck all the air out. Then they take the suit off and then they come out of the of the area. So imagine if you didn't allow that to happen and you just brought all that home with you, right? So the, the big metaphor is make sure you develop a practice to build, to reintegrate back home again and the process of taking that armor off. And I'm gonna talk about some different ways that people can do that in just a minute, but it's just really important to have a process. It can't just be, I go home again. Or if you work from home, what is your practice of going from leaving your office to walking downstairs again or however that looks for you? And the ways you want to think about this are typically when we're working and we have armor on, we're disassociating from emotion 
And a lot of times we're dealing with stress. And when you're dealing with stress, your nervous system's what's called in a sympathetic state. Yeah. And when you're in a sympathetic state, what ends up happening is uh, essentially blood gets pumped to your larger, you know, your legs and your arms uh, so you can run and get away. It's actually meant to allow you to um, escape prey or predator. You have uh, your pupils get dilated, your hair stands up and basically non-essential organs all shut down. So essentially reproductive system, um, your digestive system, all these systems shut down because you're, you're just meant to get the job done to either get away from prey, it's a protective mechanism. We look at it every day as like normal stress because we're so normalized to it, but really it's meant as a certain, uh, for a certain um, reason. So if you're, let's say in a context, if you're a firefighter and you show up to a scene and you get into a sympathetic state, you move into that state so you can handle things, right? Yeah. Um, or if you're a teacher, you may be in these high stress states dealing with kids or conflict or whatever else is happening. So big picture, we got to have a process so that we can change out of that state or we can regulate ourselves to get into a different state. So there's two primary things to pay attention to. One is going to be regulation and the second is going to be purification. So you tracking so far? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> um, and, and I like to use a metaphor of a truck just to make it simple. Imagine if you were driving a truck and you didn't know how to read the gauges of a truck. So what would happen if you didn't know how to read the gas gauge and you just You'd run, run out of gas, gas right? <laughs> you'd be on the side of the road. Exactly. And is that, is it kind of a pain if you run out of gas? Definitely. Right? I used to do it a lot when I was younger. <laughs> it was mostly a money thing, but it'd be like, I think I can make it. <laughs> right. Right. So it's a pain, right? We don't feel like doing it. it however, a lot of time and money, <laughs> but, but you run out of gas a couple of times and you realize, wait a second, I see, I read the gauge. I see the gas is low. I'm going to have to take the time. I'm going to have to spend some money. It's going to be a pain, but if I don't do it, the cost is worse. If I break down on the freeway, let's call it versus if I go get gas. So mm -hmm. think about the gas gauge as a reg emotional regulation cue. And what this essentially means is if our nervous systems in that fight or flight state, and we start to notice some of those trauma signs, fight, flight, freeze, or peas, we have to do some regulation practices in order to fill up the tank and uh, the gas in our tanks. So there's, I talked about five primary ways to do it. The first is exercise. Doing different forms of exercise can be a great way to get back in the body. And especially if you're using the left and right hemisphere. Uh, second is like physical contact. So getting a massage, you know, petting your dog or your cat, uh, your spouse, like holding hands, going on a walk, thinking of different ways that, you know, your kiddos, different ways that you can get physical contact because we co-regulate. Uh, the third is uh, cold immersion. So if you can cold shower, that's why cold plunges are so important. And what do we do in cold plunge? Like <gasps> you're also breathing, right? So it's also moving you into breath. If you don't have time for those or not in the mood, you can also splash cold water and two thirds of your face. And that'll also turn on um, what's called your the longest nerve in your body, which actually puts you into parasympathetic is called the vagus nerve. And really that's what all these things are doing. When we regulate, we're accessing the vagus nerve to take us from a sympathetic, which I described a minute ago into a parasympathetic. And when you move into parasympathetic, uh, your hair goes back down, your pupils go back to normal um, and you get access back to your body. So everything turns back on is what they called rest and digest or feed and breed in general, but you're more regulated, you're calm, you're in a relaxed place. So five ways to do it. One is physical exercise. Two is cold immersion. Three is physical contact or physical touch. The fourth is breath. And the breath is one of the most powerful ways to do it. I primarily recommend four, six breathing. So 
breathing in for a count of four, breathing out a count for a count of six. And the last way to do it is using your vocal cords. So whether that be humming, singing, uh, chanting, a primal screaming, finding a way to just get into your vocal cord. So five primary ways to regulate nervous system or fill up your tank with gas. Mm, I want a primal scream right now. How about it? <laughs> yes, let it out. <laughs> let I'll, it mute, out. I'll mute my mic. Uh, and <laughs> just a disclaimer, when I lost my temper, it was not at work or with anyone at work. <laughs> It's in my personal life. It's fine. <laughs> hey, it's okay too, but it's 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 just a way to move that energy so you can get back into your body. So for yes. example, tough day personal life, sometimes it's hard, then you might take it out on somebody else. Or if you're in a fight or flight state, sometimes we end up distracting or avoiding or you know, moving to distractions or numbing agents because our nervous system is just highly activated. And so if we can do these things in a daily routine, this is where you start to build in a reintegration practice, especially you had a tough day, you want to double down on some of these pieces, right? And that's just going to make sure you're like, oh, before I come home with my kiddos or my spouse, let me get regulated so that no matter what happened at work, I can take the armor off and I can actually come home and let it go before I get home. So five <sighs> ways to regulate and three ways for purification. So think of purification as changing the oil. If you look down and the oil gauge is on and you do not change the oil, at some point your engine may cease and that's going to be an even bigger problem and it may blow up. So it cracks about me up that you're using so many car references because <laughs> I literally, when I, I blew up a car that way, because I thought that changing the oil was a scam. <laughs> <laughs> but you blew up a car. You actually blew up a car. I literally, and I was, I was coming home from Tahoe and I was about eight and a half months pregnant and, um, it was a very terrible time to blow up your motor. It was also oh. in a dead zone. So a lot of people had to get involved to help me. And there's oh. this black smoke starts coming and I'm like, what's going on? And then it just won't move. The tow truck comes and of course the mechanic's like, why didn't you change the oil? Like how long has it been? I was like, that's a scam. And he's like, that's an expensive lesson. And I was like, oh my gosh. So now I'm like, does the oil need to be, does the oil need to be, when do I need to change the oil? <laughs> I, I love loving, this though. Cause I'm I've, loving your references is I'm like, oh, wait, I've been there. Well, and I love that you've been through it because it actually, it, it validates the, the point that I'm making is I think so many people do the same thing is they're like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then the engine blows up. And unfortunately when our engines blow up, it could mean a suicide. It could mean um, something really bad happens. And so making sure, think, think about it like this. When you put new oil in, it's like that goldenish color. And then by the time it's used, it turns into this like dark, heavy, you know, color. So think about it as we need to purify that out. So let's say you go through and you have a tough day. Like you were just saying, hey, bad personal day. Let's say you do some of the regulation, it's still there. That's when you're going to want to move to some purification practices. And there's three, three primary ways to purify. And essentially, a lot of times what this means is it's not going away. It may be some heavy grief, it may be some deep sadness, that may be some trauma that's coming up that you, you can't fix. Uh, and maybe another time we'll talk about, I have four levels of emotional trauma on how to triage them, but this would be level four, like an amputation or level three, which is like a severe break. Um, and I use physical examples, but they're really emotional relatability to them of what happens emotionally. So let's say there's a severe break and you have a really bad day. You do the emotional protocols and you're still not feeling good. I think a purification is one is meditation, um, sitting down and meditate, highly recommend you have that in a daily practice just to give some time to purify. Um, two is nature. Nature's a natural purifier. So get out, go on a hike, 
get into a lake. We got beautiful Tahoe here, you know, find a way to get, you know, take your shoes off, get in the grass, find some way, take the, you know, the family out to go camping for a weekend, go backpacking, find a way to get in nature is number two. And the third way is think of like transmutation. So pick up an instrument, play some music, dance, uh, think of creativity, writing, um, different forms of moving that from a dense, heavy energy into, and transmuting it into something else. So purification is meditation, get into nature or some sort of creative activity to transmute that into something else. So as I'm talking about these now, anybody that's listening and as you as well, think about like, hey, what could I do daily to reintegrate, to come back home, looking at those five ways of regulation, those three ways of purification, which ones sound good to me that I could do every day as a ritual. So it's a reintegration ritual to go, hey, maybe I come home before I see like spouse, kids and everybody else. I actually say, you know what? I'm going to take a shower, take my work clothes off, maybe change into clothes at home. Maybe go for a quick walk, take the dog out, pet the dog, right? Maybe on the way home, you're singing a song or doing some primal screaming if it's a really tough day, right? And I'm just giving you some context, but what things could you build in to go, Oh, wait, if I do these things every day, I know I'm going to be in a much better place to come home because I've regulated myself, filled up the tank of gas, and I've also purified myself and spent a little bit of time or at least know if it's a really bad day and I regulate and it's still there, I might say, hey, let's go, let's go, to, the, let's go to Tahoe this weekend, right? And then you can even start to communicate that with your, your kids and your spouse and your family so everybody's on the same page. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in days like that, like you said, um, if we're going through the purification and we're having kind of those days, it kind of helps re-regulate everyone, right? Because we're all, wouldn't you say we're all kind of, our gauge is different, like day to day, hour to hour, person to person? Yeah, completely. And, and I find this is really helpful, actually, if you bring the whole family into it. And so I have these four levels of trauma. I'll just, just briefly, I'll say them really quick. Think of level one as like an, a blister and abrasion. Think of level, level two as like a sprained ankle. Think of level three is like a break, like a, a broken leg or bone. Um, and think of four is like an amputation. Now we think about it physically, but imagine those emotionally. So a level one could just be a tough day. A level two could be COVID or some of these other things that have happened. Level three could be like, what could take you out for six months to a year, right? Much more severe. And think of level four is like, hey, um, there's like an amputation, something that I can't fix. I just have to accept and change it. So cliff notes are level one, it's just stress. Level two is increased stress. I can do those on my own. Level three, I need help. I can't do it on myself. So I may need to get some help from a therapist, a friend, somebody else. I can't set the bone myself. I need some help. And level four is I have to accept that things, things this is the way they are and they need to change. So imagine if somebody came home and said, hey, let's talk about it as a family. What things represent those four areas? So if I come home and say, hey, level three day, as a whole family, we know what to do together. So now we can start to reintegrate together and anybody can call three. Imagine somebody's kiddo said, hey, level three today, we all now know this was a severe event. We don't always have to talk about specifics, but mm-hmm. we know what to do as a family to get regulated together and to purify together. Mm. Oh, I and love it's, this. Yeah, it's really helpful because uh, a lot of times, most of the research shows with, you know, suicide's the number one cause of death for fire, police, military, so many different organizations now. And all the research shows it's there's on-the-job trauma, but it actually happens at home. So that's why these practices are so important is because if you come home, you're trying to hide things from your family. And I'm sure that it's the same thing with therapists and counselors and <laughs> veterinarians and I mean, ER doctors and nurses, and they just don't have all the statutes. So, but if you come home and try to protect the family, nobody knows you're trying to burden that instead of communicating to the family. And that's where a lot of the fighting and conflict happens because 
we're unregulated. And then it triggers everybody else's nervous system. And then the whole family's fighting. So if everybody has permission to create these rituals together, now it can be compassionate and goes, oh, it's not me why they're activated. They just had a tough day or they had a level three at school. Imagine a kid said level three because I was picked on or bullied or they can now come together as a family and support each other versus creating conflict and fighting in the household. Yeah. Yeah, just, I mean, having communication in general, you know, increases connection, right? But then also having this shared language of almost like the code word of code three or level three, do you want to talk? No. Yep. And how can I support? Right. Yeah, and not, not, not always assuming that we know how to support others and being mindful of asking too, right? Because sometimes it's like, uh-oh, level three, let me dig. And sometimes that's not the best idea. Um, I actually, I'd really like you to elaborate a little bit more on the traumas happening at work, but then the real damage happening at home. So is that because there isn't the communication? Is that because there's, um, we're not reintegrating or, uh, or regulating or taking the, uh, the armor off or how would you kind of explain? Because I, I know that you're right, right? So, so many like the fire department has a, um, a debriefing, right? The, something bad happens or they witness something or they come on a scene and then they'll have a debrief. So I don't know that it's enough support, but there's something there. And maybe there's even, you know, with the military, there's the camaraderie, there's the brotherhood or the sisterhood or whatever the case is. What, what would you say is kind of missing coming home? Yeah, it's, it's the communication. And, and I'll give you an example. Let's say I'm a fighter fighter out, I'm on the job and let's say there's a fatality and let's say I'm the, I'm the first of the scene and let's say when I'm there, my adrenaline kicks in, I handle the scene and it's not until I go home that I'm actually starting to process this. So they've done the job at the department. The, the challenge is I walk in the door and it's overwhelming and I walk right into the garage. There's an actual example I use where a firefighter literally walked in the door and walked right in the garage, said hello, walked right in the garage and start cleaning. And that was their activated strategy. When they got activated, they would clean. Well, what do you think the spouse felt? Let's say they'd spent all day cleaning, preparing dinner, couldn't wait for you know, their husband to get home. And let's say the same thing. Let's say they had a little boy, little boy couldn't wait for the dad to get home. He walks right in the door, says hi and goes to the garage. What do you think my experience as a spouse? Do you think I thought, oh, he had a really tough day at the job? Or do you think I thought, what did, what's wrong with me? Why is he mad at me? And so, and then I get upset. And let's say my response is flight and I get upset and I run upstairs. And what do you think the child's experiencing? The child's sitting there going, I was all excited for dad to get home. Now my other parents ran away. And now I'm all alone. I'm abandoned, right? So you see that little dynamic. Was it anybody's fault? Was anybody mad at each other? No, somebody had some trauma on the job. They didn't have a, a language to come home and say, hey, level three day, can we come together as a family unit to support what's happening where it's nobody's fault. The response I'm having is because my nervous system's reacting to the trauma on the job. And let's come together as a family unit to solve this together. Instead, what happens is everybody's trying to protect each other and it ends up creating the PTSD at home. Does that scenario give you a little bit more perspective? Yeah, I think that was a great explanation. Um, one of the kind of uh, a different way that I say similar, so I'm not going to say the same thing, but similar is I like to say, you know, the ball rolls downhill. <laughs> <laughs> and and my bad day could quickly turn into the dog getting kicked if I don't watch it, you know, um, meaning not by me, but but just those, those secondary interactions. Um, huge, huge to have these skills. So... For, for people listening today, you know, um, there's a lot of information that was covered today, a lot going on. This is probably one you're going to listen to more than once and, and really have to sit and digest. But 
Joshua, do you have any kind of like last minute tips and tricks or like challenges for the audience of like, hey, if you're going through this, you know, what, what would you suggest? Yeah, I do. I, I'd say the biggest thing is like the nervous system awareness. Like again, what we started at the beginning, practice CPR, practice becoming aware when you're activated, when you're fighting, when you're numbing, when you're avoiding, when you're cleaning, when you're any of that, fight, flight, freezer, peas, and start to pause. And if anything, just do breath, sit down and breathe. Uh, in breath for four, out breath of six for six minutes, which is actually 36 breaths. And, and just practice doing that every time you notice it happening for a week. Uh, like if you start to actually see a difference, which you will, if you do it or do a cold plunge, splash cold water in your face and breathe, you know, go on a quick walk with the dog before you start to um, react. So you can actually choose to respond. Everything will start to change. I, I, I see 80% of conflict going down in households when everybody starts to get on the same page. And if you can do it with your spouse or your kids and you guys become a team, everything changes. Now you guys are a team with what's happening in the world versus actually in conflict with each other. Right, I know, right? <laughs> and so I'm sure there's some people like, what? That's possible? <laughs> it, it, it's, it, it literally is like magic. Cause again, you're, you're learning to take charge of your nervous system and go from really what you're doing is going from the back of your brain, which think of the back, back of your brain makes sure it's like, what makes you sneeze? Can you can, I mean, you kind of stop a sneeze, but like what makes your heart, heart beat? What makes your breath work? Like the reptilian part of your brain is for survival. That's the reactionary part. So when you move into a fight or flight state, literally the brain sends a signal going, we're in danger, get us out of here. And it, it, it reacts before you can even think about it. It's literally no different than a sneeze. So what we have to learn because our brains aren't fully developed toward 26 is to learn how to recognize when we're in those reactive states, pause. And if you can learn to turn on that parasympathetic, what ends up happening is you go to the front of your brain. The front of your brain is compassion, empathy, and executive functioning. And very simply put, you're able to rationally think through like, oh, what else could this mean? Oh, I have compassion for my spouse, my kids, my family. I have empathy. And that gives you a whole different set of tools to solve it versus just reaction. And if you actually start to see it, it becomes a new way of life because you have power. You'll actually feel empowered to make good decisions. And if you don't, then you're in reaction. And that's when we blow things up and break things out. We move from a three to a four. We move from something that's broken and we amputate. So <laughs> I know people, everybody's listening to been like, oh, things aren't working. I'm done. Or I'm leaving this career or I'm blowing this up. Or we move to a four when it could be solved and, and put back together if we give ourselves just a little bit more time. Oh, I love it. And, and I have to just emphasize something you said. You said, when you realize you have the choice, there is a choice. Yeah. Awareness is a function of choice. And if you can, if you can pause and do this practice, it gives you choice versus reaction. That's why I go, I call it moving from reaction to a conscious response, because mm -hmm. if you can choose to respond, how different is that? I mean, has anybody ever said, oh, I want to enter in the blank not eat the food, love my spouse, don't yell at my spouse, right? Like there's a certain thing we want to do, but instead we react and do it anyway. That's because you're in the back of your brain reacting. If you literally start to get in, in, in control of this, you now have a choice, which changes the whole game. Beautiful. So, wow. I mean, I, I know why I wanted you back. I was like, oh, we got to have another because <laughs> I mean, it's so content rich. And I mean, um, this episode is just, there's so much in there to just help, 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 help. So I'm really hoping that, you know, our listeners got a lot out of it. I got a lot out of it, another full page of notes. 
So Joshua, where could people find you? You know, if they want to know more, if they, if they're like, I'm intrigued, you know, I need to go deeper. Where can they find you? Yep. So I'm, I'm at Joshua Michael Wenner and it's W E N N E R. I'm on Instagram. My website's the same thing, Facebook. Um, and that typically leads everybody where they need to go. I also have K4 men's work and Valor Resiliency, but the primary place is joshuamichaelwenner.com. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on again and sharing all your goodies and your wisdom and, and truly making this world a better place, right? That's what I'm all about. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me back again. So much fun. This has been Humanity Meets Business, Business Therapy with Christine Salvo, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist, Advanced Certified Mediator, and Master NLP and Hypnosis Practitioner. Thanks so much for listening and have a wonderful day. Mm -hmm.